Okay, so self-worth through the looking glass. I'm still learning it. Still learning it because it's, an, it's a lifetime of unlearning it. It's a lifetime of unlearning the scales that we have assigned to ourselves. And they are scales. There's a scale of success and there's a scale of failure. And one must weigh heavier than the other at all times. And we struggle. We spend most of our lives trying to make sure that the scale of success is the heavier one. And we do things. We do things. We do things in our jobs, in our relationships, in our education, uh, within ourselves. Um, we do things to make sure that that scale weighs heavier. And we're always running to do those things, right? We always... Um, uh, we have to fill our lives with things so that the scale is heavier, so that we feel like um, we are productive, so that we feel like we are proving our value um, and our place in the world, so that we feel like we're earning our value and earning our place in the world. That's the story we've learned since we were kids. We have to earn um, the value that we have in our households, in our families, through our opinions, through our behavior, through our grades, um, through the way we speak, um, through the way we show up in front of other people so that we make our parents proud, we make our caregivers proud. Uh, we have to make sure we earn our value by being better than our cousins and our friends of friends. Um, we make sure we will earn our value in school institutes, in education systems where um, we're performing better. Um, so it's almost like there's a, and then as we of course grow up, the value is earned through the college that you go to. And then after that, through the job that you have and the designation or the business that you now either start or take over from your, from your family. And now how much money are you bringing in? How much quantifiable value now you're adding to the overall asset that your family has built and the one that you're building? And then we step into relationships and we have to still earn our value, earn our worth. How much are we doing uh, for the other person? Are we making sure that they feel loved? Are we making sure that we're doing enough, enough so that we feel loved by them? And then we grow up and we have our kids and, you know, now we are earning our value through being parents. How well are we parenting? How much we're investing in making sure that they turn out to be right human beings so that they also know how to earn their place in the world and how to earn their value. And it's a... And we grow older and now we feel like we've done everything and we've retired, for example. And how are we now looking at earning our value? And that most, most of us begin to realize at that point when we don't have anything to do, when our bodies fail us and our health is frail and our mind is not what it used to be and our speech is not what it used to be. When we're older, we begin to realize um, that and, and older and we feel like we're not contributing enough to our families, to the society, to the asset mapping that we'd put, um, that we'd spent our entire lives building. We're not adding any value to it anymore. And that's when we begin to realize little by little um, how useless we feel. And that's mostly the, you know, if you look at our own parents who are old and who are retired and not doing anything, they feel unwanted. They feel unneeded. And therefore, they become more needy, where therefore their wants become greater because they're not feeling like they're being useful. We're not machines. <laughs> We're not machines who need to prove our worth and our usefulness. 
we're not and even machines get tired uh we give ourselves that leeway we sleep we switch off our machine bodies for a while when we sleep at night to give ourselves that leeway of perhaps uh, recharging ourselves so that we can be productive human beings in the morning again we do that but we are tired we are tired at 15 now we're tired at 18 we're tired at 35 we're tired at 45 we're tired definitely tired at 65 we just tired people we're tired souls um our minds are not being able to perform as optimally as they should even at 15 even at 15 what's happening that's when you have the best reserves of energy right that's when uh your the best years of your life the most productive years of your life is just starting what's happening why are children why are teenagers depressed why do they not feel like getting out of bed why do they f- not feel like talking why are they shut why are they shutting themselves away behind computer screens and phone screens why are they choosing to speak less and type more why are they choosing to step out less stay in more why are they choosing to when they do step out why are they choosing to step in, into loud spaces where they don't have to speak where they don't have to connect when they don't have to say how afraid and how tired they are how tired because they don't want to perform for the audience circus anymore to prove that they belong here to prove that they're worthy and how afraid because they don't know if if they could not perform one day that like they have not been able to perform for a while for example if somebody is depressed they're not being able to earn their value they're afraid that they'll be discarded they'll be forgotten they'll be left behind they will not be deemed useful by their parents by the people who love them by their schools by their friends by the society so we're tired and we're afraid because we're tired of being um circus monkeys and of doing things um to earn our place in the world and that's not what we came here to do we did not come here to prove our value we came here as beautiful invaluable beings of light excited so excited to have the human experience and we were not looking at being judged by people when we would be falling short in that human experience we thought we would be supported we thought we wouldn't have to do a lot we thought we'd have to feel a lot and that's not the world that we've been born into that's not the world we've been used to if we're not bringing in a paycheck if we're not bringing in those grades if we're not bringing in those um the emotional support system for our children we consider ourselves failure because when we stand up and look at ourselves in the mirror um we are not looking at ourselves through our own eyes we are not we have so many filters that we have placed in front of our own vision when we look at our even our old self, own selves in the mirror we're looking at ourselves through the eyes of our parents it's one filter through the eyes of our friends another through the eyes of our partners third through the eyes of our colleagues through the eyes of our uh, professional success through the eyes of our children if we are parents and 
each of those filter each of that filter takes us away from the purity of our own i for ourselves so there's seven filters or six or five however many in front of us while we look at ourselves in the mirror and we are hiding behind that and each of those filters um that of our relationships of our jobs of um you know the people we love those the the eyes that we choose to look ourselves through at all of those eyes are also eyes which have been hurting for a long time so they can't look at you without any judgment they can't do it so for parents who have had to prove their value to their parents and then theirs had to prove their value to theirs and theirs and it's a lineage of proving your value those parents the ones that we've gotten cannot look at us as invaluable beings because they have not felt invaluable they have don't, don't know what that feels like so we've borrowed that filter and we feel we fall short because we feel like we're being judged by our parents we're not doing enough um we look at ourselves through the eyes of our colleagues and our college mates again those people most of them that do not understand do not know what it feels like to feel worthy and so when we look at ourselves through their eyes we feel we fall short and so we're falling short even when we're looking at ourselves uh in the mirror all the time because we don't have a a true way to gauge our own value and as long as we continue to weigh our value through the the external world through the eyes of the other we would always be feeling falling short because nobody knows what worthiness feels like very few people know what worthiness feels like true worthiness true worthiness and true worthiness can only be felt can only be experienced when we begin to experience ourselves through the only pair of eyes if there were one the only pair of eyes which have never judged us have never has have never asked anything from us have now never demanded anything from us have only just ever loved us and loved us and loved us so much that if it that love was the sun we would melt like a cone of ice cream in that love so constant and so powerful is that love and that is the love of our creator the love of our creator is strong it's constant it's powerful and that's the only love that wants nothing from us and only gives and gives and gives and gives and that love when we see ourselves through those eyes when we see ourselves through that love we begin to understand what we are actually worth not through our hands eyes bodies but through our hearts because that love is constantly flowing in our hearts and when our heart is acting from a place of pain whenever our heart is acting from a place of guilt or shame those eyes and that love is not judging us that those eyes and that love is not judging us less it's not making us feel shriveled it is just busy loving us anyway and so the only worthiness there is to be felt is the one that we can feel 
because we have it all the time. The only worthiness is to be felt here, in back in our hearts, in the love of our Creator, and in the way that our Creator deems us worthy. And it's a gift. The worthiness of us is a gift that's been given to us, which never has to be earned, which never has to be proven. And yet, our religion has taught us something very different. Uh, you do these five things and then you will be loved. You do not do these five things, you will be unloved. You will be discarded. The, our God, our Creator does not choose. It's not a picky uh, lover or a picky eater where today I like this and tomorrow I don't like that. No. It's a constant source of... It's a constant source. And that source is going to shine down on you anyway. So when did we learn to... Well, we know when we learn to. But how do we begin to plug back into the divine worthiness that we're born with? without feeling guilty, without feeling like we're not doing enough. It's not a, um, as I said in the beginning, I'm still on the journey. So I remember a couple, of a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine had come over and we were sitting down. We were supposed to do a project together. That project did not come through. I was very confident that it was going to come through. Um, that project did not come through. And some, I didn't even realize it. Um, and we absorbed this, right? I didn't even realize the fact that I was avoiding her because a part of me was feeling guilty of letting her down and also feeling like she is not going to love me the same way because I have not been able to do what I promised her that I would. And so when she was sitting here, we were talking about other things, but just before she was going to leave, and I said, you know what, I've been... Um, I just want to let you know that project, I don't believe that project is going to come through. And she said, that's okay. And I said, but that means that I've let you down. And when I said that, I broke down myself in tears. And I could not, and, I, and she said, why are you crying? I said, because if I'm not, if I have not been able to do this, do, if I haven't been able to do this for you, will you love me anyway? And I didn't, and I said that almost as if I hadn't been thinking of it, but I said that out loud, would you love me anyway? And she said, but my love has nothing to do with what you're doing. But I said, what if I were to sit here, useless, useless for you or for any other human being in my life? What if I could not produce a word, a penny, comfort, anything of any value to another human being? Would I be loved anyway at my lowest when I am of no, I have no productivity value? Would I be loved anyway? And if we are seeking that love from other people, no, we would not. Because other people are struggling with the same struggle. They're still struggling to understand um, their own value. And they're struggling to understand that through their own experiences. So they're not capable of loving you anyway. And I, God, I would know that because I feel like I've spent most of my life um, testing the people that I love, my closest relationships, my parents, my siblings, my best friends. Um, I've somehow put them through that test 
when I'm acting in the ugliest way possible, my own kids also, when I'm acting in the ugliest way possible, when I am the darkest that I've ever been, when I'm in a place where no light can reach me and I can do nothing for you, would you love me anyway? And they have not been able to because it's unfair. It's unfair to expect that from another human being when we don't know what that feels like within ourselves. So slowly, after having gone through many such, many, many, many such moments of not feeling enough, of feeling less, of feeling like little tiny non-existent molecule that did not even deserve to be there, after a lifetime of such moments, very, very slowly I began to find my way back to inside, to within. And then I asked the same question when I could connect with my heart after many, many years, when I could connect with my creator after many, many years and truly connect. I asked him that question. If I say no namaz, if I don't utter a word of dua, if I act in ways exactly opposite to what you have asked me not to act in, would I be loved anyway? And for the first time, the answer was yes, I would. Because, because there is no because. Yes, I would. There is no because. Because is not, because is what the reason, again, when we want to weigh our value, we ascribe reasons to. We should be loved. We are worthy. We are of value because. Because we do this, 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 this. So the doing part of it is one part and the because part of it is the other part. We find reasons to feel valuable and we spend our lives running after those reasons getting the right jobs, getting the right degrees, getting into the right relationships, um, putting all, ticking all those boxes. And each, it's almost like there is a, you know, in a quantitative survey in research, uh, there's a value that you've ascribed to each of those um, parameters that you've set for yourself. And for each parameter, some have a higher value and the others have a lower. So the cumulative value should be above 75 for an average human being and uh, above 95 for a um, super ambitious human being. So we're already subconsciously um, weighing ourselves and ascribing value to our actions and our tasks. And that's what happens when people, when we go through tragedies, when we find ourselves not being able to fulfill those roles. And I, I see that. I see tragedies or in everyday life. I see that in my, in my office space. Uh, it's so telling. A person who is not feeling well and a person who is ambitious in their job, they start with, I am so sorry I am feeling sick. I will not be able to come to office. And are you sure it's okay? What is that? Usually, mostly women, huh? <laughs> which makes also which makes a lot of sense as well. But what is that? It means that if I am not proving my value to this office environment on a daily basis, when I feel sick, and we're not machines, so we will feel sick, we will fall sick. So when I fall sick, 
one value mark has been deducted of my net value. And so now I'll have to earn it back. I have to put in double the hours. What, what is happening? What is this guilt that comes from being human and constantly having to be in that ham, on that hamster's, hamster wheel where if you don't stop running, the wheel would stop and you will be left behind. And that's the biggest fear that we, uh, we live with. So we talk loudly, we tweet a lot, we post a lot, we upload things a lot, we show up in the office and make sure we're seen a lot. And we dress up in a way where we stand out a lot so that we're not forgotten, that we are not, so that people know and see and feel and hear um, the fact that we are earning our value, we're doing right by ourselves and it's not sustainable. This hamster wheel of proving our value, of proving our worth is not sustainable because we're not born to prove our value. We're born for a completely different reason. And I was having this beautiful thought um, before this podcast began. Um, and I go back to trees. I go back to trees. They don't exist because uh, other people will appreciate them and love them. They exist because they must. They exist because their purpose is to inhale what's not working and to exhale life-giving uh, gases <laughs> for the inhabitants of the world. That's it. That's the reason why they exist. They don't taste their own fruit, but they grow fruit because they must. They don't grow fruit because people will come and pluck off the fruit from the trees and eat them and love them. They do not care about being loved about being appreciated, about being deemed worthy, they are growing and inhaling and exhaling and producing beautiful trees and giving beautiful shade because they must, because they are full within themselves. Trees, they are full within themselves. And so more and more I found myself borrowing from a tree. Done that to be able to teach myself what self-worth feels like. And the simple act of existing, the simple act of breathing mindfully, the simple act of awareness, of knowing who you are, where you come from, who your creator is, and how infinitely you are treasured, the simple act of awareness is enough. There's nothing else I must do. There's nothing else I must do. It's a tricky space because what I also realized was that as a part of my journey, earlier I was ascribing my value, my self-worth to uh, my professional life, then as a mother, then as a daughter, then as a sibling, like different relationships, right? As a partner, different relationships. I, I was grabbing my value then. I thought, okay, now I'm on the healing journey. So um, I started introducing myself as a healer. And the past three weeks, I've noticed, and, and I remember this big statement that I'd made a couple of times ago, uh, a couple of, uh, in, in a couple of instances, where I'd said, if nobody is listening to my podcast, nobody, I will still show up and speak because I must. But what was happening was, and it took me two weeks to realize that, to be aware of it, what was happening was 
that I found myself checking my podcast views a lot. I would go and check, I would go and check, and I would do the analytic. I would go through the analytics a lot. Uh, you know, the watch through time, the view, uh, the click through rate from uh, this platform to that. So I was viewing and I was analyzing, and I was not feeling great about the fact that my the uh, pod, the podcast um, show view rate had dropped. And then after two weeks, I realized I was like, "Wow, I'm so smart." I have just taken one measure of my value from my professional life and I've attached it to another measure of my value as a healer or as a I don't know as a, an aware person who is talking about life journey whatever. So it's not like I'm taking the value away from any of the external elements no I've just changed the element from professional life now I will ascribe value to uh, how much I'm worth based on how many views I'm getting how many likes I'm getting what what <laughs> So that was, uh, again, it just happened four days ago. And that's when I started um, connecting with the tree again. <laughs> because I said, you know what, I can't, I can't keep doing that. I can't keep assigning it from my profession to now my podcast, to then my kid, to then my parents, to then my relationships. I can't do that. I'm gonna, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that cycle again. I don't. And I do want to feel and I want to know and I want to be fully confident of the fact that if I do not show up for years for anybody, if I do not speak a word for years, if I do not have any benefit to anyone of a measurable kind for years, I will still be worth exactly what I feel like I'm worth when I have X number of views or X number or an X kind of paycheck, whatever. So I am slowly taking away the power from the external world and bringing it back to the true value that I feel I have within myself, that I believe that I have within myself, that it's not given by any human being but by my creator. There's only one. And when I plug back into that value, when I channel being a tree (laughs) in my heart, I have all the resources that tell me that I am adored at all times. I will be watered. I will have the sun. I will grow my leaves till I have my breath. Till I have my breath, I am infinitely worthy. And any other measure of my worth that lies outside my breath, outside my awareness of myself, is an illusion is an illusion. And so if I'm sitting on a street corner and I have nothing, not a penny to my name, I am as worthy as the person who's sitting here. If I lose my speech tomorrow, cannot speak a single word because words have been my gift. And it terrifies me even if I'm even as I'm saying it. That's I feel like that's a part of uh, my journey or it's a part of healing that I that still needs to be done, had. If I'm sitting there and I'm mute, can never say another word in my whole life, cannot be of benefit to anybody else ever again. I am just as worthy as I am right now. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that so freeing as a concept? Never have to rely on anybody to measure you or to approve you, or to tell you this is what you're worth, and you never have to worry 
about that graph. If it's up today, it's inevitably going to go down tomorrow. How am I going to make sure I do enough things to make it go up again? There's no graph. It's a beautiful, constant thing. And so, if we were, if we could not think of the scale of worthiness as one that has two scales, if we could not think of it as such, and if we could only think of it as one constant, beautiful scale, one constant beautiful scale that is fixed it will cannot go up and down and that scale is held constant by your breath by your awareness by you being alive by your shared existence and the fact that you're alive and you're breathing and you're aware of this scale that's it that's it that's the only thing that determines its value no matter what you do or don't do no matter what you believe in or don't believe in no matter what you create or don't create this scale of worthiness that's been gifted to you by your creator will not change sinner or saint this will not change guilty or innocent this will not change because this scale of awareness of who you are where you come from and who your creator is is infinitely valuable until you have your breath this scale will not go up or down it's a beautiful constant and so if we could just tune in to that constant scale of love that is our gift to us from our creator by the sheer fact of being alive, by the sheer fact of existence. If we could just tune into that scale and keep it in front of our eyes. And so when we begin to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, wow, I'm not feeling good, and go back to looking at that scale, which is not moving, which is not moving. On your worst days, it's here. On your best days, it's here. Because it's not measuring you as your worst or best. It's just there because you're alive. That's it. That's your scale of worthiness. That's it. So the journey is disconnecting ourselves from outside measures of value, from outside eyes, taking our power back, calling our power back into the center of our heart, the center of our love, the center of our seat of creation, feeling the worthiness within that never changes, never. And then through those eyes that feel worthy and through that heart that feels worthy, now, now look at another and now see the power that you have in, feeling, in getting them to also feel their own worthiness within. Because until we don't feel worthy here, we can actually be of no value to anybody else otherwise we're just perpetuating this illusionary this illusory cycle of value through things and through awards and through paychecks and through tick marks and relationships and we don't want to contribute to that cycle anymore so tune back in to the worthiness of who you are Always worthy because you're alive. Always worthy because you're breathing. Always worthy because you are loved by your creator. That's it. 
much much love